Thanks for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Life Church, visit lifechurchww.com. Anybody grateful for the gift of Jesus tonight? Come on, that's why we're here, right? I think I just I think I just had my Christmas. I think many of you did as well. Just to be in the room with the family of God worshiping Jesus on Christmas Eve together. There's nothing like God's church, God's family worshiping him. You know, it's not, obviously it's not about Santa Claus. We all know that. It's all about Jesus and it's I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity to talk about him. So I just want to take just a couple moments. I'm only going to take about 10 minutes. That means 30 preacher while, but really only t- I'm really not going more than 15. 10 minutes, I just, I just want to talk about Jesus tonight. I just want to talk about the gift of Jesus. And, and I, when, I, when I say that, I don't mean just the stuff he does for us, because we already have a, just a propensity towards being pretty selfish people, individuals. Sorry, I didn't want to hurt your feelings on Christmas Eve, but it's just the truth. And so often we talk about all the benefits that Jesus provides for us and how he helps us pay off our bills and how Jesus, you know, gets us through trouble. And all of it is true. But tonight, I just wanted to talk about him. I just wanted to talk about who is this Jesus that is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. So let's just talk about the gift of Jesus tonight. And I want to look at Matthew chapter 2. It says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. You're grateful Jesus was born. I'm grateful that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. He's a ruler and he's a shepherd. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. Right. He wasn't going to go do that. After this interview... The wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. It made me, I don't know how many of you were driving around last night. I'm going to pause in the middle of this scripture. But if you were driving last night, it was a little bit of an anomaly. Well, I hadn't really seen it before, but headlights and different lights were shining straight up into the sky. Somehow, obviously, with the atmosphere around here, and I thought, maybe that's the way. Maybe there was something that was happening that was shining from a star straight down and giving a direction right where the child was. And well, my wife was saying the rapture's happening while we were driving, like, we haven't went yet and people are popping up out of the, all right, honey, hold on. <clears throat> so when they, saw, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts. They gave Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the very first Christmas, these wise men presented gifts to Jesus. And I think gifts 
These gifts are significant gifts. They, they weren't just random gifts of gold or, hey, what do you got on you? I think they, I think they were significant me, meanings behind each of them. Gold, of course, speaking of his, his kingliness, that he was a king. Frankincense or incense would speak of his deity, that he was God. And, and the myrrh would speak of, of like a sacrificial offering, speaking of the death that he was gonna give for all of us. So gifts are important. In fact, I don't know how many of you remember your favorite gift as a child. I don't know if it was a train set. I remember a train set. I've been pretty excited about that train set. I don't know if it was a doll or whatever it might have been. But chances are, whatever that gift was that you were so excited about as a child, you probably don't even have it anymore, but you have that memory. But if we added up all the gifts that all of humanity was ever excited that they ever received, maybe it was an engagement ring, maybe whatever it was that they, that they received on Christmas, you added all those gifts and put them on a scale. And then you put the gift of Jesus on the other end of the scale. How many of you know that every gift man has ever given to themselves or to each other is far outweighed by the one gift that God gave all of us in the gift of Jesus? So... I just want to talk about just a, a couple things about who Jesus is to me. I, I, I just pondering, who is he? There's so many things we could talk about, about who is, who is this Jesus? What, what is this gift of Jesus really? And the obvious, I don't want to be overlooked. And I just want us to recognize that Jesus is God and he's king. Jesus is God and Jesus is king. So Colossians says to us, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So if you want to know what God looks like, you don't need to look any further than Jesus because Jesus is the image of God. He is what God looks like. The way he treated people, that's what God looks like. The way he interacted with people, that's what God looks like. The way that he spoke, the truth that he, he taught, that is what God looks like because Jesus is God and Jesus is king. Arguably, the best friend of Jesus on planet earth was a guy by the name of John. And so the disciples wrote these books that we call the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, John's gospel was written 40 years later than the other gospels. But John was the guy, when Jesus was having a last supper, John was the guy snuggled up next to Jesus with his head on Jesus' chest. And just if you think John was a wimp, you know, he just think, ah, oh, well, John just obviously wasn't a man's man. No, John was the guy earlier that was wanting to call down fire and kill groups of people because they didn't receive Jesus the way John thought that they should receive him. And Jesus would say to John, listen, you don't know what spirit you're of. So Jesus had affected John so greatly that nobody wrote more about love than John. And John, he wrote, but all the gospels wrote about the man, Christ Jesus, and the deity, the God, Christ Jesus. But John's gospel weighed heavily on the deity of Jesus. It weighed heavily on the fact Jesus is God. And in the message paraphrase, this is what it says in John chapter 1. The Word became flesh and blood. So Jesus was the Word. He became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I'm glad Jesus moved into the neighborhood. 
We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son. Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I want to focus on this line right here, the one-of-a-kind glory. Y'all different in this room. If we fingerprinted every one of you, everybody's fingerprint would be unique. If we tested all of your DNA, everyone's DNA would be unique. We are all similar, but we are all one of a kind. But we're one of a kind of a billion. Jesus is one of a kind of none other. Because none of us can say, well, I was God. And uh, now I'm a man. And now I'm God all over again. None of us can say that. None of us can say that I am the I am. We can't say that. Jesus did. Jesus is a one of a kind glory. And John is emphasizing this. 40 years later than all the other gospels are written, he's emphasizing the deity of Jesus. And yet John knew the humanity of Jesus as much as anybody. John knew Jesus is a friend, arguably his best friend, and he's sitting next to Jesus at the Last Supper, and yet John is the one who writes about the deity of Jesus. He says he's not just a man. He's God Almighty, and he's king. There is no historical figure, my friends, who has radically affected the world quite like Jesus. No leader no king, no one has changed the world like Jesus has. Yet, he was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 years old. He was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book, unless you count the Bible, because he did really do that. But while on the planet, he never wrote a book. He never held a public office. He never had his own family or owned a house. And yet this Jesus that we talk about tonight influenced all of mankind more than everyone else put together. He never traveled more than 200 miles from his own hometown. He never did the things that we usually attribute greatness to. He had no credentials but himself. And yet 20 centuries later, no one has affected the world like Jesus has. That's why we gather through ice, sleet, and snow. In all minivans and four-wheel drives. And we gather on Christmas Eve at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to declare, His name shall be. Wonderful counselor, prince of peace. There's no one like him. He's the God man. He's king. And John, although he knew him so well, and the Old Testament, when we talk about his kingliness, he had a whole nother understanding when he got to the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos. But let me go backwards just for a moment to the Old Testament and talk. See, what did the Old Testament say about this Jesus? But as for me, I've installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I'll announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I fathered you. 
Ask it of me and I'll certainly give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Don't you find that interesting? You serve him with reverence and you rejoice with trembling. Because he's not just your homeboy. Come on, American 21st century Christian. Not, Jesus isn't my homeboy. Jesus is king. Kiss the son that he not be angry and you perish on the way for his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, I like, when there's somebody that I want to know that I have never met and I meet someone who knows them and they've been around them, when they talk about them, I lean in. And I want to hear, what do they personally know about this individual? And that's what I do with John, who I just have been talking about. Because John knew him as well as anybody. And then I go to the last book of the Bible. John is given the privilege to write the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, he's talking all about the end time events. And he's saying, this is what's going to happen in the last days. And most of it, most of us have no idea what he's talking about. We just go, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be horrible. We win in the end. And that's pretty much my end time theology. <laughs> like, we win. Some point, we win. But in all that John is talking about, this is, in all of that, like, amazingness, he calls the book this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus outweighs everything that'll take place. He outweighs all the events of the future and the past. It's not just about how things are going to play out. It's a book about Jesus. He's the central figure of history and the future. And so this is what John writes in Revelation. He goes, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I think it would be appropriate tonight on this Christmas Eve for us just to remember who Jesus is. That he's God and he's King. Yes, he's full of compassion. He is full of compassion. God is love, and I'm grateful for the compassion of God. And he is eternal life. In fact, Jesus said this. He said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I personally don't believe anybody even knows what life is about until you meet Jesus. They don't even know what life is until you meet him. You think it's just a, it's, it's just a series of ups and downs and and you just hopefully have a, a good time while you're here. And when you get born again, you realize, no, there's much more to life than just my hobbies and my job and a little fun here and there. Life is far greater than that when you meet Jesus. And so I just wanted just to take these few minutes that we had together and just celebrate his deity and to celebrate how amazing Jesus is, that he's king. And so it begs this question to me. 
Is he my king? Is he your king? Do you serve him? Hmm. That's the question. I want to pray for us tonight. Will you bow your heads? Close your eyes just right where you're seated. There is a gift with your name on it, wrapped in flesh and blood. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus stands before you as you bow your heads and he just says, I'm available to be your king. I'm available to be your savior. Will you let me rule your life? And if you're in this place tonight, or if you're watching online, and you are just not sure who's king of your life, then you're probably pretty sure that you are. But if you're not sure that Jesus is and you want him to be, and you want to receive the greatest gift ever given to mankind, then I just want to pray a prayer with you right where you're seated. I'm not going to call you out. Not right now. And I just want you to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my king. I want to open the greatest gift ever given to mankind. And if that's you, just pray, maybe whisper something like this under your breath as I pray a prayer on your behalf. Jesus, we come into this place tonight recognizing your lordship and recognizing your deity, recognizing your kingly reign. And some of us in this sound of my voice online or in this room might be unsure if you are king for them. And I pray on their behalf because right now their heart is beginning to beat faster. And they're wondering, do I know this Jesus of which you speak? And Jesus, I pray, forgive me of all my sins come into my heart. I don't want to be the king of my life anymore. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want to serve you. I'm done ruling and ruining my own life. I want you to be my king. I ask this in your name I pray and everybody shouted amen. Amen. Will you give God a hand clap for his greatness tonight? Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We want to help you on your journey of finding the life you were made for. Please visit lifechurchww.com to take your next step and connect with us. 